Hey, if you want to listen to the full Burt Show every day, uninterrupted, we got no ads on that thing, all you have to do is become a bonus BS subscriber. That's Bonus Burt Show. Find out more at thebirdshow.com slash bonus BS. The Burt Show. Man, did I have an adrenaline push this morning. I uh, get up this morning and I'm getting ready for work, so I'm pulling out of my garage where I realize my son's car is not in the driveway. And he left yesterday with a friend at about 7 o'clock last night, and he's not home. Instant, like, panic. Panic. Amazing panic, right? Like, what the hell is going on? So I go back into my car, and I check my phone, and he had texted me before he took off. Uh, I just didn't read the whole text. Saying that. (laughs) Shocker. He was going to be spending the night out also. Gotcha. So thank God. Yeah, I think, um, when it, you know, when it comes to your kids, always read the whole text. Yeah, and he asked me if he could spend the night, and but there were two parts to the text, so I, I approved one part and yeah. just didn't read it all the way through. <laughs> <laughs> but he's, he's safe. He's safe. And so you just, but your heart... And that jolt. Oh, my God. You yeah, don't need any espresso morning. or coffee this morning because you, you thought you thought your kid was missing. A million things go through your head, man. A million things in a split second. I couldn't get my backpack open fast enough to check my phone just to make sure. That sucked. Okay. <laughs> but it had a happy ending. That's enough to get me back on the Effexor, even though I've been weaning off the Effexor, which I'll give you guys an update about here. So if you've been following along, I've been on this, uh, I guess it's a... A social anxiety medicine, just, uh, yeah, when I started the show years and years ago, 20-something years ago, I was so nervous about it that um, I couldn't get any sleep. My doctor, I, I told him how wound up I was, and he says, get on this for six months, and then after six months, uh, we'll get you off of it. I started it on the smallest amount, never got off of it. It was 20 years later because, frankly, it takes the edge off. And now here I am in a different part of my life, and I just don't know if I need it. I don't even I don't even know that I know myself that way anymore. So um, I've got less stress in my life now. I feel fantastic, and it just feels like the right time to try it and screw it up. Says the man with the teenage son. Yeah. I've got well, less stress in my life. That was self-inflicted. <laughs> yeah. um, so I've been weaning myself off of it, and I've been kind of giving updates on it, and I was guided to take an Effexor every other day. And again, I'm on the lowest dosage. So every other day, my doctor thought would be good enough. So I tried that. Man, those days that I wasn't on it, I could really tell I needed it badly, right? So that wasn't going to work for me. Also had some listeners reach out and said when they did the same thing, they would just unscrew the pill a little bit, and then you just kind of like uh, withdraw a couple of those little, I don't know, white pellety things that are in there. It's very, it's not an accurate science, that's for sure. But you can see them come out of the pill. So you sort of got kind of... And, uh, you know, just, you know that there's, it's not a full pill. So I've been doing that now for about a week and it has been mostly working better than not doing it every other day. The end of last week was really, really a tough week. And I almost said, you know what? I'm going to bail on this thing because I'm not sure if this is the effects of me weaning off of it or not, but I really felt like very like type A, very stressed. I was, um, Doing task after task. You guys ever do things so fast and you can't figure out, like, why you're doing it so fast to get to the next thing? That's almost everything. Is it? Impatience? It's not necessarily, and you don't need to be impatient. It's just like you're rushing from one thing to the other and you're stressing yourself out. 
Mm-mm. No? I do it whatever. I feel like I do that with eating, with going somewhere. You do. I, a yeah. lot of people make fun of me because I'm a New Yorker, and maybe that's a part of it. But, yeah, I, I always ask myself, like, why am I in a rush? Okay. <laughs> yeah. uh, I found myself like that on Thursday and on Friday as I was trying to take these pellets out of the pills. And then Friday uh, was a really tough day for me. Just uh, I was snapping at people. We had some stuff go on in studio here that I probably overreacted to also via email and and. Uh, in lashing out at some staff members, and I left the show on Friday, and I'm like, if this is the new me, like off of Effexor, I'm not, I'm not getting off of it. I mean, um, is this who I really am? So I started to think. Maybe I'll just start taking the pill again, but I couldn't tell if this was just the weaning process also. And and it's only been like three weeks. So I'm chalking it up to that. Um, I went to my holistic doctor who said, yeah, this is pretty normal right here. We're going to go ahead and suggest that you take some of these non-narcotic gummies. They're just filled with some like um, stuff to settle you down a little bit, but there's no CBD or anything in it. So I've been taking those a little bit while I'm weaning off of it, and I have felt better, and now I'm only taking about half of the pill, and I feel much better about things. Okay, good. Good. Because you well, got to give yourself a little bit of grace. Um, it's good you're recognizing that, um, and we do appreciate the fact that you gave us a heads up, because that would have been <laughs> um, startling for sure, and I think that's important for those people. We do have a very unique job because of how intimately we work together, mm-hmm. and I think it's important that you disclose certain things like that just so everybody can kind of be on the same page and mm-hmm. not take things personally. Right. It's hard. I mean, these these pills are so strong, though, and they get in your head so much. Like, I couldn't figure out if, the, if this was just me 20-something years ago, and if so, now I understand why everybody in the staff didn't like me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, or it was the weaning part, but... I'm giving myself some grace here, and over the course of the next two weeks, I'll wean off of it entirely, probably right after Bert's Big Adventure, because I don't think I even need it anymore. I'm not really sure. Okay. So after Bert's Big Adventure, and then I'll give myself four weeks on it, and I'm giving myself some grace. If I don't like myself, I, I have... I'm in a phase right now in my life, you guys, you know how, like, you'll go through mountains and valleys sometimes? Like, there are just sometimes in your life there is... Really nothing going wrong. And you almost hate to say it out loud because if you speak it into the universe, that's when I feel like the universe goes, oh, good. I'm glad you enjoyed that. (laughs) (laughs) Or that Tom Hanks saying that we've been talking about for months where he says this too shall pass is not just about the bad stuff. It's also about the good stuff. Mm -hmm. When you're in a phase that's so good, it's going to pass. Bad stuff's going to happen again, right? So I'm just wondering if this is where I'm at right now. Um, It's just a really good time for me, and I want to enjoy this really – it's the first time in my life I've had peace and contentment across the board. And this is coming off of drugs. And if this is what my life looks like right now, I just really, really want to enjoy it as it is. Um, I think that's great, and I commend you for doing it. I say yeah, you try being completely without it for four weeks, and then we all convene and we vote. <laughs> you guys vote. <laughs> <laughs> like the boys, we all yeah. have to turn around. We got to turn yeah. like yeah. This is a group decision. Yes. <laughs> Not just you. Nope. I really do like that yep. idea. So, so um, all right, give me, give me four weeks. Okay. All right, keep a journal. Yes. A-hole today. <laughs> all right, he was cool on Tuesday, a-hole on Wednesday. Right. We'll let you know whether or not you're getting it back on okay. your effects or burn. You guys will definitely have a vote in it, okay? <laughs> <laughs> all right. The Burt Show. All right, let's get to Megan here because she's wanted her husband here has been invited to a colleague's wedding, which is fine. 
But he's not taking his wife. His plus one is a younger female co-worker. And wifey is wondering if this is shady or not. Is your man being shady? Yeah. Or is he genuinely real? Not treating you like a lady. Yeah. And got you all in your feels. And you can come to the first show. With the problem you got. And we'll decide for you. one. Is he shady or not? Is he shady? All right, so he's got a colleague's wedding. He just doesn't want to take Megan here, who is his wife, but he wants to take a younger female co-worker. Not so cool. Hey, Megan. Hi. At least on the surface, <laughs> it seems pretty shady. What you got for us? Yeah, you know, I'm just wondering how to feel about it. I, at first, I was, like, trying to be understanding. I mean, I'm like, oh, it doesn't feel, feel a little funky. I can't tell if it's, like, you know, accepted or I'm just overreacting, but he's taking someone else. I mean, he says he's obligated to go. He, apparently she was already going like from the get-go. <laughs> like, I didn't, there wasn't a big question about that. Wait, wait, wait. So he gets invited to a colleague's wedding and instead of even asking, hey, are you okay? Like, this is a work thing. It's going to be boring. I don't even want to be there but I feel professionally obligated to be there. I'm just going to go with another coworker so you can have your weekend free. He didn't even run it by you. He was just like, I'm taking her. Yeah, and that I wouldn't enjoy it. Yeah, I'm not sure why he said that because I know most of the people who will be there, yeah. and I love weddings. So this wasn't the kind of thing where the office said, look, we're having this party or wedding or whatever, but you can't bring a plus one. And because she works in the office, he felt obligated to take her and not you. There's no excuse. When you're doing wedding invitations, when you send an invitation to a married couple, they're both coming. Right. You, that's, you, don't, you don't send a, an invitation to, like, her husband, Steve Plus guest, it's <laughs> Steve and Megan yeah. Smith. What are we missing here, Megan? Because, I mean, just at the outset, of course it sounds shady. Um, he said he's, uh, he said he's only taking her because she's new to the business and it'd be good for networking. He's mentoring her. I, I mean, like, those are his reasons, but... No, nah, that don't that don't make yeah. any sense. Because I don't even see why he has to be the one to take her as a plus one. Yep. If she's in the business, anyone could technically take her. They all work together. Why does it have to be him and the married man? The married yep. man with the <laughs> wife who he didn't even ask. Yeah, I I can't see a way out of this mm -hmm. one. I mean, Megan, I would sit him down. I'd say no. I'd be like, I'm not comfortable with this. I, you know, I'm your wife. I feel like this is not that you should care what other people think, but I think this is a bad look if you attend a wedding with another woman who's not your wife. And I would double down and be like, plus, it really hurts my feelings that you didn't even ask me if that was okay. Like, you just decided this, like, this is what it was going to be. Yeah, I'm with Kristen here. Abby, I want to get your take on this, too. Yeah, for well, what you had said was that she was going, that she had already been invited. And so, to me, it's so bizarre, A, the whole situation, period, that he wouldn't even run it by you. But, B, if she's already got the invite, then there's no reason for him to double down and say, oh, well, I'm going to take her as a plus one because she was already invited. So she's not even your plus one. You're just telling me that that's who you're going to spend your time with. Um, 
Megan, I, I think there's a deeper, I hate to make this worse, but I think there's a, a deeper problem here. Um, yes, it's offensive that he didn't invite you. That is certainly shady. But I think you got, this is just scratching the surface. Your husband didn't think about taking you first. So he's got a reason for that. And I don't know what that reason is, but that's important. <laughs> uh, I'm not exactly sure what I'm trying to say here is though, except this is so obvious that it's offensive that he didn't come to you. And there's got to be a reason why. Megan, has he ever exhibited any kind of red flags before this situation? Or is this shadiness kind of coming out of nowhere? You know, I mean, like, you can always assume things. But no, there's been nothing, like, out inherently out there that I'm, like, wondering about. It's just this came so quickly. And, again, to, to for, some, for him to be, like, you're not going automatically. I feel like putting my foot down. Like, you know, I'm not trying to put my foot in my mouth or look, like, look like too much. I just, I just don't get it. I know you're you're holding back because you don't look like the crazy one who's demanding <laughs> to go to a wedding. Okay, let let's let's table that and then let it sit there forever and never go back to it because he he's in the wrong for taking another woman to a wedding that is not his wife without even running it by you first, okay? So if I were you, I, like as your friend, I'm gonna be like, sit down with your husband, tell him how you feel and be like, I am not comfortable with you going to this wedding with another woman. I want to go. And in that moment, if he doesn't choose you, ooh, ooh, that speaks volumes. Yeah, then Major you immediately volumes. get on the phone with a the therapist. Immediately say, we got some talking to do. Let us know how it goes, Megan, okay? Okay. Good luck. You're strong. You. you got this. Thank you. Bye, bye-bye. Hell no. I'm ready to go in there and have a conversation with him. Oh, hey. <laughs> We're all going to show up at the door. Not yeah. not oh, God, the Burt Show's here. <laughs> we need to talk. The Burt Show. Time to get buzzed on the hot goss from Hollywood with Abby. It's the Burt Show's entertainment buzz. Word on the street is this celeb's dressing room is the reason she pulled out of guest hosting the Today Show. But I think I know the real reason. So on today with Hoda and Jenna, they had to scramble to find a guest host after Kelly Rowland left the set. So on Thursday, she had guest hosted the 8 a.m. hour of today, and she was supposed to fill in for the fourth hour, too, with Jenna and Hoda. But apparently, she didn't like her dressing room, so Rita Ora had to step in. Like, literally minutes before they were going to go on air. Literally minutes. So I actually, I don't think it was the dressing room that was the problem because I, it, to me, that sounds like a silly rumor. Mm -hmm. To me, I think, you know, you're at 30 Rock. It's an old building. You've already been there. You're not just going to walk out because like All the right. dressing room is too much. Some fans were really upset with Savannah Guthrie's interview with Kelly Rowland. So during her interview with Savannah, she kept asking Kelly about Beyonce. She said, what do you think about your friend Beyonce? She's, she's like your sister. You guys grew up together. She's stepping into country. And Kelly says, I'm so proud of her. And then doesn't say anything else. And then Savannah digs in deeper. She goes, I know, but were you surprised? And what do you think about it? And then Kelly just comes back again and says, I'm so proud of her. So happy for her. Can we talk about my new projects? Because she's in a new Tyler Perry movie. And then, you know, the 10 a.m. hour rolls around mm -hmm. and she leaves the set. And apparently it's because of the quote unquote dressing room. Yeah, I think, I think your theory is probably spot on there. I mean, she's going to live in Beyonce's shadow her entire life, even though she's a great artist herself and she's very successful. Come on, she's not Beyonce. She's going to live in that shadow and be sensitive to it all the time. Also, as an interviewer, you got to know that.
Yeah, you got to know your limits. Yeah. We got to read the room. I yeah. mean, after you ask the first time and you're not going to get anything because this is live television, like, you're just going to have to, like, take that on the chin and move on and, and talk about her Tyler Perry movie. Yeah, so Savannah was getting a lot of backlash from fans, but she was also completely absent from the Today Show on Friday. So I wonder if they the execs, like, pulled her back and said, hey, let's let's give people a moment to breathe from you after you had, <laughs> you might have just caused our entire 10 a.m. hour to blow up. But Rita Ora did a really great job. I mean, literally minutes before had to step in. She was having quite the morning. Not only did she have to step in for the 10 a.m. hour, she said she also had like chopped all of her hair off that morning. Couldn't have found more someone more ready to take on the challenge. Now, I do. I think your conspiracy theory has more weight than the whole dressing room one. However, someone had to have started the dressing room rumor. Oh, so who who put who floated that out there that the reason she walked off the set, if, if it is indeed not true. Right. Um, Could be NBC themselves to start that rumor just to distract from what the real problem was. And that's Savannah. Yeah. My vote is Beyonce. <laughs> yeah, I think Beyonce started it. We should ask Kelly what she thinks about Beyonce and how mm-hmm. she affected this whole thing. 100%. If I had to guess, so I think the NBC thing is probably a good a good theory because there's obviously something going on with her and the execs because Savannah was completely gone from the Today Show on Friday. But sometimes it's like the lower level people who just hear, it's like the trickle down effect. Yeah. So it could be interns who are posted on Reddit. Very we true. have no idea. Okay, Katy Perry is officially leaving American Idol and just Jared put out a poll to ask people who who they think should replace her on American Idol. So they put out like, I mean, 50 options, but I'll give you like the top 10. And I want you to tell me who you think would make the best replacement for Katy Perry on American Idol. So we've got Pink, Lady Gaga, Christina Aguilera, Adam Lambert, J-Lo, Britney Spears, Jennifer Hudson, Carrie Underwood, Miley Cyrus, Kelly Clarkson, and Jordan Sparks. All of them would be great. It would all be amazing. (laughs) It'd all be fine. I'm going Pink. Yeah. She'd be uh, so good. I think she would be great at that. Uh-huh. I need her to stay on tour. That show is too good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, mm, nah, we can't, we can't take pink off of the road. That's true. <laughs> uh, I feel like it needs to be somebody that, like an American Idol alum. Um, however, you already have a country music star with, is it Luke Bryan that's on the uh, show? Yeah, yeah, So I was thinking Carrie Underwood. So I was, I would have to go like with Jordan Sparks probably. Yeah. So Jordan Sparks is actually the top option according to this poll. And oh. then Kelly Clarkson, Miley Cyrus, Carrie Underwood, and Jennifer Hudson. Miley Cyrus would be fantastic yeah, she, oh every week. But I mean, I, I think Jennifer Hudson would kill it too. Yeah. I think she's too big for that though. Right? Miley? Yeah. I mean, you, you got Lionel Richie on there, right? Yeah, that's, I know. That's pretty damn big. That's pretty damn big. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I guess. I just feel like, as I, I mean, I haven't watched Idol in God knows, like, years. And the fact that it's still kicking, yeah. I'm I'm impressed. I couldn't name one of the last 10 winners from America. <laughs> and there's <laughs> a reason for that. All right, Billie Eilish was caught talking smack about some public figures at the People's Choice Awards. And now they're calling her out. It's on your next eBuzz on The Burt Show. The Burt Show. Black History Month. So we are helping out as many black own businesses as we can this month. Black on business, put you in the spotlight. First show, gonna have you shining bright. With your name off on the marquee. In the month where we celebrate your history. So yesterday we helped out Essence Lofton. She has a business called Sensual. This was her thanking you guys for helping her out. 
Hi, this is Essence, founder of Sensual Home Decor. I wanted to give a big thank you to The Burt Show and The Burt Show community for supporting small businesses during Black History Month. It means the world to a small business owner like myself. We appreciate every like, every follow, and of course, every purchase because it helps us grow. Please continue to support small businesses, not just for the month of February and for Black History Month, but for the remaining months of the year. And now we have a new Black-owned business to highlight today. This one is coming from Sharon Lennon Fordham. Her business is Lennon and Lennon Creations, and she's actually an author of uh, a five-book children's series, which focuses on the mental well-being and social development of children. Hi, Birdshow family. My name is Sharon Lennon Fordham, and I am a children's book author. I have self-published five books in my series focusing on children's mental well-being and social development. And as someone who struggled with low self-esteem during early childhood due to poverty and being bullied in school, my goal now is to inspire. It is to give hope to and encourage children all over the world with the words in my books. My titles include My Place in the Sky, which focuses on friendship and teamwork, ABC Inspirations, which addresses low self-esteem and self-confidence issues, Billy the Bully, which actually has received the Mom's Choice Awards, Teach Me Safe Touch, Don't Touch, which addresses body safety and protection, and also A Day With My Dad, which focuses on family and work-life balances. I believe that no child, regardless of his or her circumstances, should endure a lack of self-worth or hope. And for this reason, I vowed to help as many children as possible understand just how special and important they are. Writing is my passion, and I intend to use this passion as inspiration to touch the life and heart of every child. So I'm asking you, Birchell family, to please help support the Addie B. 123 book series because I believe addressing these issues early on can profoundly impact a child's future. To quote a line from one of my books, Billy the Bully, sometimes being able to help people in need is the greatest prize in life. And I live by that. I thank you so very much. My books can be found on my website, addieb123.com and also on Amazon. So thank you so much. I appreciate the help. Love you guys. Bye-bye. Not a lot more important than that right there. Exactly. Beautiful. All right, so you want to help her out. It's addieb123.com, but I know you guys are probably in your car. Can't remember that. So we'll link on over to it from thebirdshow.com. All right, so we might have ourselves a daddy-uncle situation on our hands here. Oh, a dunkle. Dreaded da- <laughs> <laughs> dunkles. So there's a rumor flying around her family right now that her uncle is actually her father. So she's not exactly sure if she wants to find out for sure or not. Dear Bird Show, I'm in my 20s and I was raised by my mom and dad who are married and have been since I was three. There's never been a question about my dad. But recently, my extended family has been telling me there's been rumors that my uncle is really my dad. The problem is my uncle passed away a year ago and had never mentioned this to me, but has told everyone else he thought he was my dad. His daughter, which is my cousin and my absolute best friend, came to me and has asked me to do a sibling test to find out the truth. My mom and dad don't know I'm doing this and don't know anything about the rumors in the family. 
Should I do the DNA test or not? Since my uncle is gone, it makes me feel like he didn't want to know since he never told me. So it's his, it's her sisters that are asking her to do this, her right? Her cousin. Her cousin. Her cousin wants her to do. You, there's specific tests you can do. My best friend just went through this because there's a woman that popped up in her DMs. I'm not kidding you, just a couple years ago. And she's like, I'm pretty sure I'm your sister. And they took the DNA test. And sure enough, when you look at it, it can tell you how close you are in DNA. And they definitely, they're sisters. So would there be any health benefit for the cousin making the request? Or is she just being kind of nosy and just wants to know? Oh, this is all nosy. This is yeah, just, just nosy. It's just family. So, huh? But that, that doesn't matter. She wants to know, like, should I do the DNA test or not? Is this something I want to know, whether or not my uncle is actually my dad? Nope. <laughs> yeah, I, I would stay away from this one. I mean, I, it just feels like with the uncle being gone, I mean, you can't really get the, any answers from him, and he can't defend himself in the situation. The family obviously doesn't want you to know. If they raise me, these, these two people who I consider my mom and dad since I was three, and that's all I've ever known in my life, for me personally, I would be good with that, and I wouldn't go shaking that tree up. I, I wouldn't want to know any more than I know now. And I'm pissed at the extended family. Or I'm, I don't care if she's in her 20s. She's still the kid in this situation. So, like, you're talking behind mom and dad's back, but you go to the kid and tell the kid this information? Like, that's stuff you go to the parents with. Like, hey, everybody in the family's talking about how they think your daughter is not really your daughter, but it's Uncle Bob's over here. Oh, I would want to know this information. Like, if, my, if this turns out to be true and my parents really kept this information from me that my mom was stepping out on my dad and had an affair, you're setting me up for a life of not knowing my complete medical history. You've set me up for a life of trust issues because what else is everybody else lying about? If it is just a rumor, then you're going to do the DNA test and you're going to find out everything's fine. But if for some reason you do take the DNA test and you find out some information, I've got a lot of questions for my family. Yeah, you raised some really good points, but in this case, I don't think the truth will set you free. <laughs> I, I think the truth is just going to make things so much more complicated. I, the health issue that you're talking about or the medical reasons, I can understand, but the rest of it, man, especially when he's not around anymore and you can't truly get closure, ooh, I would run. But you already have access to the health information because he's your uncle. That's your dad's brother. Mm. So it's like, it's, it's already in it's the in family. There. But there's still things that are specific to different sides of the family. Like if, especially if he's not related to, you, you know what I mean? Like if he's like, if you're, you, if you're more like your dad's side of the family, it might not even matter. But if you were more like your, your that side of the family, I just think it's, it's so bizarre that you wouldn't want to know, like you don't, wouldn't want to know who your biological dad was, even though. I don't know. It's something I wouldn't be able to sleep at night with knowing there's a possibility. What's how much how much stock you're going to put in rumor? Because mm -hmm. this is like your family talking. And, and maybe there's some truth to it. Maybe it's not. But somebody comes to me with zero proof and they just like, it's a hunch that like if if he would have came to me, the, the dead uncle, then that's a different story. The other family chirping mm -hmm. and like I've like families that chirp. I'm like, don't get in my head and don't like plant these seeds. I hear you. <laughs> but I would tell my parents so they know what the family's saying behind yeah, their back. Yeah, I would do Maybe that. So. Yeah, I would do that for sure. Yep. But that's as far as I'm going. And you'd be able to tell by some looks in the face if it's true or not. <laughs> oh, if you say your mom and dad down and be like, yeah, everybody's saying that Uncle Bob is my real dad. I think instantly you'll be able to tell by yes. the. You won't even need 
you don't spend time spitting in a cup. <laughs> no. You got your answer right there. I'm not a huge fan of spicy foods, but I do like a bit of spice in other areas of my life. Reality TV fights, make it spicy. My margaritas, make them very spicy. And when it comes to the spice cabinet you keep beside your bed, you got to have a wide variety of spices to keep things heated up. If you've been looking for some more flavor to add to your life behind closed doors, Adam and Eve can help you bring the heat with some fun new items to turn up the temp between you and someone else. Or if it's a single girl summer, there's plenty of options for those of you riding solo this year. Adam and Eve is offering 50% off just about any item and they'll include free shipping and rush processing so you can spice things up ASAP. And you don't got to worry about your neighbors noticing your delivery. Adam and Eve ships things out in discreet packaging. So you and Deborah down the street don't have to make awkward eye contact when you get your mail. Just go to adamandeve.com and select any one item and select just enter offer code Abby at checkout. That's A-B-B-Y at adamandeve.com. This exclusive offer is specific to this podcast, so be sure to use code Abby to get your discount code Abby. The Bird Show. All right, Abby, so there might have been two Bird Show members that might have been right about something. Yeah, a few, <laughs> I hate to admit it, but I might have been wrong for something. And a few weeks ago, two Bird Show members came on the show and they <laughs> said something that I didn't really express on the show, but in the back of my mind, I was kind of like, mm, I, think, I think that might be a little silly. So two weeks ago, Chris, or not Chris, and Cassie and Jackson came on the show and started talking about their doomsday bag. And during the entire segment, <laughs> I'm literally looking at the two of them. I'm, I'm going, this is absolute crazy town. How, why are we preparing for the end of the world? I can barely prepare just to get myself to work, let alone prepare for a potential zombie apocalypse or for like a snowstorm to come out of nowhere that maybe we could have seen on the weather channel. Like, like nine times out of 10, we're probably going to be fine in the comfort of our ho- own home. But last week, I was definitely eating my words. So I live in an apartment complex. And if you've never lived in a complex where they have to do lots of tests and they have to enter your apartment a lot, it's really annoying. You'll get like a, you'll get a little letter and they'll say, hey, by the way, this is going on from this hour to this hour. And last week we had fire alarm tests. So... I'm expecting it to happen during the day and it does. So last week I'm at home, I'm with my cat, I'm editing my podcast, doing some other work and the fire alarm is going off about every 10 minutes or so. And then it ends after about 10 or 15 seconds. And I'm like, oh, okay, totally fine. Moving on with life. So it ends around like 4 p.m. and I'm hanging out at my apartment. I'm getting ready to go to bed. The sun has set, it's like 8 p.m. And I've just gotten out of the shower and all of a sudden the fire alarm starts going off again. And I go, Hmm, that's interesting. This was supposed to end around four. And so I'm like, you know what? It's probably just a glitch. They were turning them on all day. I'm sure it'll like turn off in like a minute or so. So about a minute and a half goes by and I go, I don't think this is a joke anymore. <laughs> they think it's like somebody has either pulled the fire alarm or there's an actual fire. And because I'm somebody who catastrophizes, I'm thinking worst case scenario. I'm thinking the, the, the apartment complex is about to burn down. I'm on the top floor. We're the first to go. Like if there's a fire on the floor. I won't be able to get out of the exits. I'm really starting to panic. And I have a cat. And if you have a cat, you know, when loud noises happen, they get out of Dodge. Like you can't find them. They, they have found some kind of hiding place. They burrowed somewhere. So my cat, Della, does the little airplane ears thing where it's like danger. And she scurried off somewhere. So now I'm thinking me and my cat are going to burn down because I'm going to be spending the next 10 minutes looking for her. And by that point, it's going to be the part of the movie where the apartment complex is burned down and we're the sad people in it, like in that ending scene of Titanic. 
I lost a really good family member that went back into his house for his dog that ended up passing away. So this hits close to home for oh, me. I'm sorry. His name is Jack. Okay, trigger warning. It was um, a crockpot. It was a crockpot. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. That, it turned out to be a crockpot that, uh, yeah. Heard about that. Yeah, it was sorry. tragic. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. It's okay. Uh, anyway. Go on with your story. So I find my cat. Uh, spoiler alert, me and the cat get out. But, it t- I mean, she is under my bed holding her. <laughs> she's, like, clawed into the carpet. So I'm, like, dragging her. I'm like, Della, we got to go. We're both going to die. I don't want to be, like, that old couple in Titanic. So I throw her into her little carrier bag. And I'm thinking, all right, well, I guess this is it. Bye, apartment. See you never. And I go back downstairs. And me and my cat are hanging out with the rest of our apartment complex, waiting for the fire people to show up. And I'm sitting there going, Oh my God, everything I have ever owned ever is up in that apartment mm-hmm. and I have none of it. I don't have my passport. I'm supposed to leave the country in a couple of months. I'm going to have to get a new passport. My ID's up there. This is all going through your mind in like milliseconds. Yes, my laptop's <laughs> up there. I'm like, my favorite shampoo's up there. It's really expensive. I want to buy it again. <laughs> and I'm sitting there thinking, wow, Cassie and Jackson were so right to have a go bag. <laughs> Even though they were preparing for the end of the world, I'm like, this basically is would have been the end of the world for me. I'm like, I would have had to start from scratch. I've got savings up there. I have all my important, I have like memories and photos that I don't want to lose. And while I'm thinking, okay, maybe I don't need to prepare for the end of the world. You might need to prepare for your apartment complex to burn (laughs) down. So (laughs) maybe just enough to be able to sleep in your car for the night. Exactly. So now I've decided that I probably need to make some kind of go bag, not for the end of the world, for the zombies to come get me. But if somebody pulls my fire alarm again, I need a go bag. So I made a whole list. I need (laughs) bottled water. need to put my passport in it. I need a whistle because apparently the Internet says you need a whistle if someone needs to find you. Oh, you know what you can do for your next One Less Lonely Girl outing? You all can go to Target and I'll make your own to go bags. Oh, that's so fun. (laughs) Girlhood. I know. I would love that. Like going around Target, be like, "Ooh, what do you have in your like your like survivor bag? <laughs> what, are you getting a pink radio? I need a pink radio." So yeah, I will be preparing uh, for the next time some loser ends up pulling uh, the fire alarm because yeah. it was. I spent most of my time trying to get my cat out of my apartment. Bless Della. Bless Bless, Della. Glad you made it. Yeah. Let this be a lesson to all of you. You need a go bag. Cassie and Jackson were right. The Bird Show. You know, I think <clears throat> when you come out of a breakup, <clears throat> you start to ask yourself, okay, what am I looking for in my next relationship, my next serious relationship? And then you start taking a look at friends, couples that you know, sort of drawing up a blueprint of what you want your next relationship to, to look like, right? And I have a figure in my head, and I, I want to run this by you guys also, of the married couples you guys know. What percentage like each other? Not are in love with each other. How many, what's the percentage of, of couples do you think really like each other? Hmm. Of, mm. of all the married couples I know? All the married couples you know. What's the percentage that like each other? I'm going to go 75, 25. 75 like each other, 25% should have never gotten married. Okay. I think if I'm going off of what it appears, uh, they, if they appear to like each other on the surface, uh, 50-50. 50, that's what I was thinking, too. About 50-50. So I'm only pulling from my friend group, right? Well, for married couples that you know. For married couples uh-huh. that I know. Yeah, no, I'd say probably like 90%. Okay, you got a good you got a good circle there. You do. Cassie, how about you? Of married couples you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be in your, like, intimate friend circle. 
What's the percentage? I would honestly say 90. 90? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Mine was 50 also. <laughs> <laughs> what does that say about us? I I, you know, as I was trying, and I was trying to interpret, like, why I thought that that was the figure and how to assure you not only fall in love with somebody, but you fall in love with these with somebody that you can like for an entire lifetime. I didn't come up with an answer, but that's in, yours and mine. I mean, number is pretty similar. Mm-hmm. They, they don't like each other all the time. Of course but, not. But when you look at it as like overall, yeah, I'd say 90%. Like I, I get what you're saying as far as like they love each other. Yeah. Yes. And they're in it to win it. Right. But that the way that you talk about somebody that you like. Yeah. They just don't talk about their spouse like that anymore. Maybe it's a dude thing. Maybe, maybe. Maybe dudes talk more crap about their relationships than women do, and that's why our percentage is higher than theirs. Oh, Could no, we that. talk crap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, we talk crap, but, you know, I mean, that's just venting. I, yeah, I mean, everybody it, I know pretty much for the most part likes their spouse. It's such a complicated question because I've said this for years that, as a guy that got divorced, the hard part isn't being in love. The hard part is consistently evolving with the mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. as your person gets older, as you get older. You know, like when you look back at your life every 10 years, you're a vastly different person. So how do you continue to like the person that you fell in love and fell in like with 10, 15 years before that when they're not even the same person anymore? And neither are you. Yeah, of all the couples I know, I think there's two that aren't really like... They've grown, grown out of each they've other. Gro- they've grown apart. Well, I think the couples that end up falling out of like with each other over the years are the ones that let the rose-colored glasses taint their vision of their relationship early on. Like, there's a lot of couples that I know, and I'm not going to get specific, that I feel like they're in the relationship for the wrong reasons. And you can tell, okay, you might feel like you are in love and infatuated now, but I know in 10 years, you are not going to like that person. Right. <laughs> yeah, I feel like when I listen to, like, the men, especially my friends, talk about their marriages it's not as if they put their marriages down or they're not happy to be married but whatever it is that you have when you like that honeymoon phase kind of the way you can't wait to see your person the way you're like excited about it that just doesn't appear to be there anymore after a while they've lost that zest for life yes (laughs) Yes. just going home to the wife for their relationship life but you raise a really good point and this is the thing that i feel like I might just be, um, this might just be a fantasy in being in a relationship for 10, 15, 20 years and keeping that spark there, right, right, that you had initially. Is it even possible? I don't think so. Well, I mean, our spark, no, because you evolve. Is there a spark for my husband and I? Not every day, occasionally, but I feel like we have something that burns deeper and burns hotter because of everything we've been through. Mm -hmm. So it's just, it's different. It's not bad. It's not good. It's just different. I also think it can take some work too, like couples therapy as if one person's growing, the other isn't, making sure you're on the same page. And there was an indicator a while ago a therapist talked about like a touch point and it's, they could predict if a couple was going to work out or not based on how they responded to this. So like, Abby, if you're dating someone and you're at the window and you're like, oh, my God, look at this bird. It's so beautiful. And your partner comes to look versus if they're like, oh, that's cool. That's an indicator if it will last or not, because one is your partner showing interest in something you care about, even if they don't care. And the other one is just like, all right, that's neat. And they don't participate. And that's what starts to add that distance, because then Abby gets the message. 
all right, well, you don't care about this. Yes. I love bird watching, so I'll never talk to you about it again. And it's not a petty thing. It's just kind of a subliminal message. Okay. <laughs> and what's the test again? Because I can see women testing their dudes now. You they're going to st- walk up to a window and be like, ooh, look at that bird. Yeah. You, <laughs> you, start better, bird watching. you better get your ass up and you go to that window and you look at that bird. <laughs> and it, it goes both ways. Honestly, uh-huh. my husband loves electric cars and I don't care. But anytime <laughs> he brings it up, I'm engaged because I know he loves it. Right, right. Get it. The Bird Show. All right, let's get Tanya on here, who is nannying for a family. The infidelity is not necessarily with her and her husband or significant other. It's the family that she's nannying for that she would like to get some answers. Hey, Tanya, good morning. Hi, good morning. Good morning. All right, so tell us about the family. Oh, okay. So... I mean, I'm a nanny, right? And I've been working for this family since maybe early October. Um, and the kids are great. And, and oh my God, the mom is, she's amazing. Um, but the dad, yeah, no, the dad, not so much. Um, and, and it's not like he, he's mean to me or anything. And um, I mean, but there's just something about him that, it just makes me feel really weird, you know? And I don't, I mean, I also don't like the fact that he seems very uninvolved and super distant when um, he's around the family because you don't do that, right? Like, you want to spend time with your family when you're there. Um, But there's also, there's also this, you know, where he's texting and taking phone calls in the other room. And, and I get it. I get it if it's, like, business or something. But I don't know. And then, okay, and then his wife, super sweet. But she seems so oblivious to everything that's, everything that's happening. That's really, really strange to me. Um, and so... What, so, so what are you going to do with this info? So if we do the War of the Roses, Catch Cheat, or whatever you want to call it... And you find out that um, the husband is messing around. As the nanny, what are you going to do about it? You going to go to the wife? I mean, I don't know. I mean, she seems um, um, she's so nice. Oh my god, she's like the best mom ever. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't think she deserves this. If he, if he is right, if he is, because we don't know if he is, um, you know, but. I, I don't know. I, I just want to know for my own sake. Maybe I'm just getting, like, weird vibes. But, you know, I just, she doesn't deserve it. I don't think any woman deserves that. Well, I think I that's. Mean, I would love it if someone told me. Tanya, I think that's really honorable. But it sounds like you've got a really great situation. Like, you like the kids. <laughs> you like the mom. I mean, the dad's like, whatever. But my question for you is why would you want to blow up this situation? Because I've got a feeling, you, if, okay, let's say he is cheating. You bring it to the family. I mean, you don't think you're the first person that they're going to, oh, yeah. like, scapegoat this thing with yeah. and, and get you out of here? Yeah, you're about to lose your job for sure. For sure. <laughs> oh, man. And- I mean, I don't know. I, you've already said it. Um, th- this is none of your business. This is a grown ass woman with yeah. kids. Like she can yeah. handle her affairs. She can handle her marriage. Um, I-, I know it may not be what you want, but you can't place what you want and have somebody and, and put those expectations on somebody else. Uh, it's a hard lesson I had to learn. My expectations for my life may be different than somebody's expectations for their life, right? 
So you're coming into this and I do think you're coming from a a good place because you seem to really like her, but I would be hard pressed. Everything you're seeing, even though you think she's oblivious, I think she is seeing, she's just choosing not to address it. So you're absolutely meddling. Absolutely. I just want to play this out for oh, a no, second. Oh, no, your picture is in the dictionary next to the oh, word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I just want to play this out for you just before, you know, we agree to do it for you. So we do this. You find out that he's messing around. You go to her and you say, hey, I call the radio station. <laughs> uh, blah, 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 blah. I know for sure your husband is messing around on you because here are the results. What do you think her reaction is going to be to that? Well, now that you put it that way, oh, my God, I have no idea. She'd be devastated and frantic why I would go to the radio station. Yeah, things are pretty bad when you think about it. And you're the nanny, so you're aware there's kids involved here. So you're potentially imploding a family. Yeah. Not excusing his behavior if he is indeed doing what you're accusing him of doing, but this is... I'm lovingly telling you, this is not mm-hmm. your place. There's right. no winning for you in this situation whatsoever. Even if you're right, it's going to end up feeling like you were wrong. Yeah. You better have another nanny job lined up <laughs> as soon as we make this call if we do it for Like, you. if you came home with the kids and walked in and he was doing it with another woman on the couch and you had, like, proof like that, that's one thing. You're actively trying to entrap him and create... You're trying to create evidence rather than... It being presented to you. You know what I mean? Why about yeah. yourself? <laughs> I didn't say that. Mo <laughs> <laughs> no said that. <laughs> I believe it. Look, we've warned you enough. Do you want us to do this or not? I mean, I would still want to know. Okay. And then, I mean, whether it is or it isn't, maybe I'll just, just keep it to myself. Happy night info for sure. Be easy to keep the secret. <laughs> All right, Tanya, we'll try it tonight. We'll talk to you tomorrow, okay? Okay, thank you. All right. <laughs> you had a job. <laughs> That's a wreck. Get it. The Bird Show. <laughs> Time to get buzzed on the hot goss from Hollywood with Abby. It's the Bird Show's entertainment buzz. Let it be known. TikTokers are not Billie Eilish's choice of people to hang out with because she was talking mad crap about them at the People's Choice Awards. She was caught on camera, leaning over to Kylie Minogue. She says, there's some TikTokers here. And then she visibly shakes her head and she's like, I don't need it. So it's not, clu- it's not clear if she was talking about anybody in particular, but there are a lot of social celebrities there like Tana Mojo, Chris Olsen, Gigi Gorgeous, Alex Earl, and James Charles. I mean, you have to take into consideration Billie Eilish has been at the Golden Globes. She's been at um, the Critics' Choice Awards. She's been at like some of the all, she's been at all of the major award shows surrounded by Hollywood royalty. I'm sure the People Choices Award, People Choice Awards mm-hmm. was a little um, was a little different. <laughs> you know what? Then don't go. She's entitled to her opinion. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. well, yes, yeah, she is entitled to opinion, mm-hmm. but it's also going to picked up be picked up by cameras and microphones, mm-hmm. and she's going to be under a microscope today. I feel bad. I, I think a lot of celebrities are learning this the hard way because you can see her clock the fact that a camera's recording her and her immediately put up her mm-hmm. hand to cover up her mouth because Taylor Swift and uh, Lana Del Rey had to do this at the Grammys. They brought fans yeah. so that people couldn't read their lips. You know who's got this right? 
Kanye. He's wearing that, uh, wrestling, <laughs> that wrestling mask all the time, man. And nobody knows what That's he's going to say. And, <laughs> you yet, yet he's still giving us his bad opinions. But now Bryce Hall, who's a TikToker, is speaking up for the other influencers at the event. And he says, if you have a problem with it, take it up with the PCAs. I'm just going to address this clip of Billie Eilish being disgusted that TikTokers were at uh, the People's Choice. I was one of them. First off, Billie Eilish, I am so sorry uh, that I didn't acknowledge your greatness and bow down to you being another human being. And second, um, People's Choice invited us personally. Uh, everyone that attended People's Choice and was sitting at those tables, we were invited by People's Choice. So hate on them. But the most sad thing, let me just wipe my tear real quick. The most sad thing is what I, I was a I was a Billie Eilish stan. I stand you, Billie Eilish. And now I don't think I can renegade to uh, any of your, your songs anymore. <laughs> so th thanks for taking out all my content. He's being satirical. He's known for kind of being a little bit dry. But honestly, if he was a Billie Eilish fan, I wouldn't blame him for being a little mad. Because let's say in a week I go viral on TikTok and I get to go to the Grammys next year. And then Taylor Swift is caught talking smack about all the TikTokers there. I'd feel some type of way about mm -hmm. it. Because I, I, I watched the clip and she, you know, she's like, yeah, there's a lot of TikTokers here, whatever. Disgusted is a very strong word to use. She didn't seem disgusted to mm -hmm. me. Well, I mean, this is great tea for everybody, right? Oh, so for sure. You might as well blow it out of the water. <laughs> exactly. But one of the most iconic moments from the People's Choice Awards was actually on stage with Sydney Sweeney and Glenn Powell. If you haven't seen their rom-com, Anyone But You, it's really, really good. And there's this funny scene where Glenn's character is kind of joking about how he gets really nervous and needs a serenity song for planes and scary situations. And his quote-unquote serenity song is Natasha Bedingfield's Unwritten. So they're up on stage. Age, Glenn's mm. pretending to be super nervous, and Sydney introduces the one, the only, Natasha Bedingfield. Come on, Glenn, you have to trust me. Open up the dirty window. <laughs> the words that you cannot find reaching for something in the distance. So close you can almost say, okay, stop, stop. It's not going to work. Okay, then it's time to bring out the big guns. Natasha Bedingfield. <laughs> If you need a reason to go see a movie in theaters, I saw this movie twice and both times during the scene where they're singing the song, everybody in the theater kind of did exactly <laughs> what everyone just did at the PCAs. We're like, open up the dirt. It was so <laughs> fun and it made the entire experience feel way more interactive. So I'm definitely becoming more of a movie stand now. When you were sitting next to those old ladies who were like, you know, complaining the entire time about the movie when everybody started singing, did they lose their collective little old lady minds? <laughs> oh yeah, they brought out their knitting needles and they threatened to fight us. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this is my serenity song. Let's back up, Ethel. All right, Justin Timberlake is teasing another song from his upcoming album. It's a slower track. He says this is called Drown. I feel like this is a Y2K resurgence. Like, I want to be up in the club wearing a Von Dutch hat and a velour <laughs> tracksuit, and I want to be able to live out my Y2K dreams. All right, this actor walked off from an interview on the BAFTA's red carpet after he got a question people are calling nasty. It's on your next eBuzz on The Burt Show. The Burt Show. Mo is too talented just for radio. He raps also, so why would we keep that to ourselves when he can do custom raps for you? So, yeah, so now for the uh, past few months, I've been doing these custom raps that are for listeners who write me emails about things that are going on in their life that they want me to put into the form of a rhyme in order to whether share their experiences or help them get through their experiences. And in this one particular email, we got a listener all the way from Germany 
who wrote really beautifully about uh, just the times that she's going through right now when after she lost her dad and how it's been very cloudy. It's been a dark time, and she's just been trying to figure out exactly how to get through it. And Is this going to be your first rap in German? It should have been. Maybe, <laughs> maybe I should have expanded myself a little bit. But no, I didn't think to put it in German. But um, it uh, her, her dad passed away on February seventh, but his birthday uh was yesterday, and so it, the timing of it all just made me feel like okay, I will uh, write this email. I thought initially I was going to do it yesterday on his birthday, but nonetheless, the day after, I felt like I would just try to write. Whatever words came to my mind and heart to help her get through such a tough time. It was also at a time when I was thinking deeply about my grandmother. So I was like, all right, this is something I think I can get behind to help the best way that I can. So I came up with a nice little custom rhyme for Della all the way in Germany to help you go through this tough time mm. with losing your dad. Check. Shout out to Della. I'm sorry about your dad. I know how much you miss him and all the times that y'all had. Going through your days, many of them leave you sad. I know that it's unfair and it probably makes you mad. Dealing with being here while he's moved up above. The pain that you feel is a testament to his love. Let the memories flash like scenes in your mind. His laughter, his smile, remember how he was kind. Taught you all those lessons, showed you what was wrong. And know he's gone, his spirit still lives on. Yeah, and he would want you to be strong. Though every day's a struggle, he'd want you to carry on. Take every moment you need to feel his embrace. Remember his face, nobody can take his place. Think of all the times he loved you and kept you safe. That's what'll help you fulfill that empty space. Remember when you laugh and how you would play. All those moments of pressure, they'll never fade away. Sometimes you feel lost like you're drifting into space. But now he's guiding you, so you'll never be out of place. I know it feels wrong like it could never be the norm. Your life's been changed forever since he's been gone. But he was your rock, your shelter in the storm. And he still is. It's just in a different form. You'll get through it. Woo! Beautiful, man. Thank nice you. Job. It's really nice. Shout out to Della. I hope that helps. You know, I have a cat named Della. And if you want to, like, reframe this, it could be about my cat needing to understand why her her cat mom doesn't have a dad. <laughs> you can use it for that, too. I'll tell you what was very troubling for me. Uh, it's beautiful lyrics right there. But we had three white people in the studio bopping to your rap, and none of us were bopping the same way. So... Three of us were all offbeat in some way, shape, or form. <laughs> one, of, one of y'all probably had the right box. Personally, I was on beat. Was it you? I wonder who had the right one. When I noticed all of us were off, I stopped. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so let's get Abigail on here. We need a follow-up. I think we were all, all of us gave the same advice, right? Because she had to choose between going to like this work conference or also going to a funeral for her boyfriend's grandfather. And I think we all sort of hands down said, like, you got to go to the funeral, right? Yeah, it was unanimous across the board. We all said she had to go to the funeral. Hey, Abigail, just really quickly, can you give us like the 30 second recap of what you said initially for those that didn't hear it? Of course. Yeah, yeah. So last week I was really torn whether I should go to this work conference that I've worked really hard to build momentum um, for my career or to stay in town to support my fiance through the loss of his grandpa. They were really close. This conference was a big deal. I worked really hard, so I really just didn't know what the best option for my future was and was looking for some advice. 
Okay, and I think we did go around the room and we're like, man, yeah. if this thing's serious right here, mm-hmm. you know what? Mm-hmm. Your significant other is going to need you there during the darkest of times. This is what you should do here. Jobs come and go. So what'd you end up doing? Yeah, I listened to everyone. You guys were right. I went to the funeral. Um, but when I told my boss that I couldn't go to the conference, he was very understanding, of course. Um, but he was he was a little bit annoyed that I waited till the last minute, which I do understand. Um, and I tried to explain that, like, you know, I was torn and I waited to the last minute because I was actually planning to go to this, to the conference. He was, <laughs> he was actually more annoyed, uh, that it wasn't like the obvious choice to stay in support. Um, so it was kind of like a little bit of a lose lose. Like, I feel like I lost the momentum for work, but also that he was a little bit judgy about my, my choices for even questioning it. Mm-hmm. So um, but I stayed and it was difficult and I'm glad I was there. Um, the coworker that got promoted, um, is the girl that always like is competitive. So that was a little bit tough. That stung. Um, and ultimately I'm just hoping that the damage to my career isn't severe and that my replacement didn't score too many points over the weekend, but yeah, I don't think it is. I, I think you'll probably survive this. No problem. I think in the heat yeah. of the moment, the boss is upset that it's so last minute. You might have started interpreting that with your lens also that he was being just, you know what? I think you're good. I think you're real good. Yeah, yeah. I, I think one day you'll definitely look back on this situation, especially uh, if y'all go to distance and realize that you did the right thing. Like in the grand scheme of things, it was super important for you to be there. And I don't think you would have been able to let that down too easily if you made the wrong decision in that situation. Yeah, I think your employer's response tells you everything. I think you overinflated the importance of this conference. And I think the fact that he thought you this this was this wasn't an easy choice for you shows you that even though um, you know, it was an honor to get invited, it's not the most important thing in the world. Yeah, you're good, Abigail. I think you made the right call. Yeah. Thank you. I do too. All right, you have a good day. The Bird Show. All right, I learned a valuable lesson about what not to do at a big girls event with other Burt Show listeners. Um, that lesson is drink less. Uh, <laughs> I ended up having too good of a time at our One Less Lonely Girl Squad event over the weekend. If you haven't heard me talk about this before, a couple months ago, I started this Facebook group for women in Atlanta to get together and do fun things together because I'm a big fan. I'm a believer in the more the merrier. The more people you can get out to an event, the better time you're going to have. And so we've done a couple of different events throughout Atlanta. We went hiking at Kennesaw Mountain. We, uh, what else have we done? We did a dance class. We learned how to twerk. We went to Three Peaches Gelato and got some gelato together. We've had a great time. And our latest event was at the Painted Horse Winery up in Alpharetta, which is now the second event we've done up there. And it is so fun. And that wine is too good because I was I was feeling it, Mr. Krabs. I was feeling it about 15 minutes in. One thing I forgot is that when you go sober for two months, the alcohol will hit you like immediately. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And after like two sniffs of Sauvignon Blanc, I, um, I was a little loopy. I was a little loopy so we ended up doing this really fun um bouquet event where Swaneetown florist actually donated like a ton of flowers for us to be able to learn how to make bouquets I actually have mine sitting in the studio because I can't have them in the house because my cat will eat it and die when I lived up that way in Swanee I use them all the time they are fantastic oh my god that's like art it's incredible and the whole team they're just good people I, I mean donated I mean probably like thousands of dollars worth of flowers and I didn't have to he he DM'd me he's like hey can we do some kind of event and I was like absolutely thinking he was gonna bring like a couple of you know sunflowers and we could just drink wine and you know hang out and it was every single girl got to bring home 
a bouquet, which is so great because I know a lot of single girls come out to this and a lot of us didn't get, get flowers on Valentine's Day. So it was nice that we got to kind of come back around and um, get to make flowers for ourselves. But we had such a blast. It was our biggest event so far. There were 50 people there. Wow. That's great. Wow. Right? Awesome. It, was, it was great. So we hung out. We ate some cheese. I embarrassed myself because I at one point got up and started explaining what we were about to do. And I just look off into the crowd and you know when you're so tipsy, you have to like let people know how tipsy you are. I'm looking out into the crowd and I'm explaining what we're about to do and I just go, I'm going to be honest with you, I'm a little tipsy. <laughs> Which I hope was more endearing than it was embarrassing, but I'm sure it was. That's the whole point of like the One Less Lonely Girl crew that you've established is that you guys can come and be yourselves and be comfortable around each other. Exactly. And, have fun. and I'm so proud of what this group has become because I put a lot of pressure on myself when I go to feel like I have to entertain everybody, but every time I go up and I, you know, I find a little group of people who are talking, I'll walk up and they want nothing. They're, they're making friends. They don't care. And I'm like, perfect. My job here is done so I can go back to drinking more wine and embarrassing myself even more. But the entire event I felt like was such a success and we have so many more things coming up. Like we're doing a wine bus around North Georgia and all those wineries. And I'm planning a trip to Ireland for all of us to go and, and travel as a big group because I just think there's safety in numbers, especially this, when yeah. you're going overseas. So there's a lot to be excited for for the one that's only girl squad so was this event on saturday this event was on saturday so, uh, so that's why i showed up to the atlanta united thing real buzz okay. <laughs> but you confessed when you didn't have to so cassie and abby and i were at the atlanta united kit launch on saturday night um and as soon as i saw abby she starts confessing like i've been drinking since noon <laughs> so bear with me and you were absolutely fine and i'm like seriously because you're just a little thumbelina <laughs> <laughs> well i had once i had had that one glass of wine at the event i was like oh i'm really starting to feel it now and i had had so many at this point and had just you know a couple bites of cheese here and there between the winery and there that i was like i forget that i really can't hold my alcohol that well so thank god me and Cassie just like pulled up in a corner at one point and just started talking about our fairy bo books or something, our BBA. So it was a really fun event. And uh, yeah, I will definitely be pacing myself next time because... <laughs> I, I do be I do be getting a little tipsy and I do be getting a little silly with the girls. Where can the girls sign up to be part of this? So you can go to my Instagram at the Abby Murphy. I have it linked in the bio. Uh, as long as you have like a profile picture in your Facebook bio, I'll accept you into the group. If you if you don't have a photo, I'm going to think that you're like some creepy old mm. man wanting to stalk us. And if you want to come to uh, Ireland with us in September, there's also a link in my bio there, so you can sign up as well. All right, Kristen, some drama in ATL. We do. We got some drama in the ATL. So the the defense attorney for YSL Rico has been arrested on her own gang charges. <gasps> what? what? Yeah. Really? Yes. Give so, us a history here. So Nicole Fegan, who represented Tenquarius Mender in the YSL Rico trial, was charged with criminal street gang activity and criminal solicitation to commit the offense of tampering with evidence. Wow. So she's like, um, I wouldn't say like a, a super well-known attorney, but um, rappers, she tends to, that that's who she tends to represent, right? And now she has found herself on the other side. So this has just been popping up in my feed everywhere. And now it's gone more than just local. It's gone national. So these national publications that I follow on Instagram are, you know, they're posting about Nicole Fegan and they're, they're pulling up like her old post or whatever. So just to give you a little taste, this is a post that she did um, some time ago. Got proof. 
Now, here's another thing. If you think you're street and you're about that life, great, be about that life. But when it gets real and you go to jail, that's just what it is. Now, if you're not about that life and once you get in jail, you want to bitch and moan and do all that stuff yeah. and you're not about that life and you should have sat your ass on the sidewalk. <laughs> <laughs> and we about to find out if she about that. We, like. we, we, wow. we about to find out. Yeah. So. And she got arrested for what? All right. So she what? She's arrested for exactly it says charged with criminal street gang activity and criminal solicitation to commit the offense of tampering with evidence. Um, so her role in the YSL Rico trial, um, Fegan and another attorney successfully had their clients severed from the main case against Young Thug and other alleged YSL gang members in May of 2023. Um, and she was, she's considered a rising star as far as, um, law goes in Atlanta, um, she's been, cons- uh, she, in a 2019 Facebook post, she shared an article about her from Atlanta Attorney at Law Magazine, which calls her the new generation of criminal defense attorneys. Maybe she's just setting an office up in jail. Uh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> or, or maybe in order to defend the criminal, she had to really know what it was like to be one. Yes, Ooh. really committed to the work. You see what I'm saying? This has Netflix vibes all over it right here. <laughs> And then less than a month before, police say Nicole cold called a murder suspect to tell him to dispose of his phone, informing him he had an active warrant for his arrest. Um, She was in the Fulton County courtroom representing Daquan Reed in a high-profile trial. So imagine being the actual criminals who she's representing, and in the middle of the trial, your lawyer gets arrested. (laughs) (laughs) You're done. Yep. Now, has she always been a defense attorney, or has she been a prosecutor also? Because I'm wondering if she goes to jail, are there going to be people in that jail that she sent there mm. that she's going to be shoulder to shoulder with. That I don't know. Damn. Oh, no. Well, we going to see if she bought that life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she should have been listening to her own life, yep. her, her own advice. It's the Burt Show. The Burt Show.